You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1056 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Thursday evening into Friday. And as I said on episode 1055, at the same time as this podcast, this is basically part two of two. In part one, it was the Newsy episode with Sharif Cooper's contract details and the return of Lou Williams to Atlanta. A little bit shorter on that podcast, but basically just nuts and bolts, straight ahead stuff, news, and a little bit of analysis. And on this podcast, I'll be joined by Brian Schroeder old friend of the show, talk about the selections of Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper, as well as Summer League at large coming up for the Hawks as they open up on Sunday in Las Vegas. Uh, as a programming note, I'm actually headed to Las Vegas on Friday to cover the Hawks over the weekend and also into next week, so keep that in mind. I'll be recording from my hotel out there in the desert. And the Summer League schedule for the Hawks, as a quick reminder here, they open up Sunday afternoon against Boston. That's a 4 o'clock Eastern time game at Cox Pavilion, and that'll be on NBA TV for all the Hawks fans. That's the first game of Summer League overall. And then they play on Tuesday against Indiana. They play Thursday against Philadelphia, and then next Saturday against Miami before finishing up with a game against an unnamed opponent to this point in time. That fifth game is unscheduled, but it'll be Monday or Tuesday of next week. So about a week and a half from now as I'm recording, this will be their fifth game. They're guaranteed five games, and that'll be a lot of time to focus on Johnson, Cooper, Skylar Mays, and the rest. So with all that said, I want to remind you one more time, check out that first podcast and also the entire archive. I talked, I've actually been doing a podcast basically every day for the last week and a half, even on the weekends. Tower Jones joined us on the podcast, our uh, free agency recaps with John Collins information and Trey Young information and the return of Solomon Hill and DeLon Wright contract and all that stuff. So uh, it's been very, very busy on the show. It will still be very busy in the near future, but please subscribe to the podcast. I sincerely appreciate all of that. All right, before we get to Brian and some talk about Johnson and Cooper and Summer League and much, much more, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. I am joined now by good friend of the podcast, Brian Schroeder. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, it's almost summer league time. Uh, I know we both enjoy summer league and the, uh, I guess the majesty that is summer league <laughs> overall. Uh, there's lots of basketball coming, probably an overload of basketball coming, but uh, you were kind of joining me on this podcast, to talk about summer league for the Hawks. And I think we're going to make people wait for a few minutes anyway, on the Sharif and Jalen Cooper, the Sharif and Jalen Cooper, Sharif, Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson discussions. Um, Cause I want to ask you about the other guys briefly at the top. And I know you're kind of a sicko like I am about summer league and guys who are not on the radar. So I'm going to open up, open up to you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you any leading at all. Is there anyone that you find interesting on the Hawks summer league roster? That is not normally one of their roster guys. Aside from Jordan Bell. I mean, I don't know. Jordan Bell. He's what he is at this point. Yeah, Jordan Bell is like a professional basketball player, and he's now there, and he was late addition, so that's probably the interesting guy of all of them, I suppose. I want to see Skyler second year. I want to see what he does. Uh, I've always liked Juwan Durham. He's old, but he can block shots. I mean, I don't know. Devon Purcell was was an interesting guy a few years ago, but he's almost thirty at this point. So he's just a summer league guy. Yeah, he's twenty. He's twenty eight now. I mean, I mentioned something the last podcast I did, but the Hawks have four or five guys. I guess it's five now with Bell that have played in the NBA, like in the last Eric Moreland four years. Yeah, Eric Moreland, Jeremiah Martin, uh, Admiral Schofield. All those guys have played in the league at least for a minute. Yeah. Nas Carter, I'm not really that interested in, even before all his allegations, which sounded pretty bad. I just I thought he was very good. 
I like Javin Delorier because his name's Javin Delorier. Um, <laughs> he just never really, I don't know. He's the kind of big, he's not, he can't shoot and he's not very good at defense, which is a bad combination. But he had a couple years of being very, very efficient in college at Duke. So, like, there's something there, but I don't think he's a, he's probably not a, a two way guy you would, you would want. I mean, they, I think they're okay with what they have without Kongu for a few months as bad at the backup five. Yeah, I would guess so. I mean, the way I said it, it's always pretty much always, but especially this year is that there's nobody on this roster, um, not counting Mays, Cooper and Johnson that I would project to have really any chance of making the team. I guess Jordan Bell might, um, but that's kind of an off the radar guy that they got at the last minute. So I haven't had a chance to talk talk to anybody about Jordan Bell on on the Hawks side yet, even his background, because it just happened so late. So I don't know. I mean, Eric Moreland is like an NBA ish player, but he's like almost 30 as well. Um, yeah. E.B. Watson. I like, I like E.B. Watson. He's a little old, but go, go, go blue. E.B. Watson blue. for former former Michigan. Uh, I guess played there for two years. So I, I, I use play in quotation marks. He didn't play a ton in Michigan, but he was at a, a very, very good career date. I uh, can shoot. I just, uh, He's just like a lesser version of Jordan Shakel, where it's like he has a lot of the same concerns. He may not be an NBA athlete, but like Shakel is an all-world shooter, whereas E.B. Watson is just like a pretty good shooter. He's probably a uh, overseas player for a while, but you know, six six can shoot, so he'll be there for a while. Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about Schofield because he's the guy that is the probably the most recognizable name before mm-hmm. before the Jordan Bell thing. Uh, I can't remember where you were on Schofield pre-draft. Were you a Schofield guy or not? Not really. No. Because he no, got like I, some like I mean he, he I think he went forty two people yeah people had him in like the thirties so that, that was a real prospect at the time but I know he's a little bit older and kind of a weird profile for him uh he, yeah he never really actually created with the ball like Grant Williams was a bit more of a creator at, on that team and he was not a good enough shooter either it just nothing really ever really stood out about him it's kind of tough to really uh. Other than the fact that he's like uh, just jacked beyond belief, that's about yeah. And he's also not thing. like he was not as good of a defender as you would think. Looking at him, I don't know. He just things never really came together the right way for Admiral. So I, I don't think he's an NBA player, but it's nothing against him personally. He seems like a nice guy. One of my fun one, people one of my like fun him. facts. Yeah, one of my fun facts here on the Hawks summer league roster is that Admiral Schofield is listed at six five. And he is listed as the heaviest player on the roster mm-hmm. at, at six five, and that's with uh, guys who are six ten, six eleven, six nine, and six ten all on the roster. And he is the heaviest player. Makes sense. He is built like an absolute tank. But yeah, I mean, anybody that was drafted in the top forty five two years ago, like you don't want to just like bury. He's like kind of interesting, but I'm generally yeah. with you. Um, and the last guy, um, only because I guess this is. This is kind of all my list to talk about before they re-sign Lou Williams today, basically. Mm-hmm. But I was going to ask you about Jeremiah Martin because he's kind of been a fringe NBA player and he's a guard and, um, you know, played at Memphis. So he's kind of a prominent name, but he, he's also 25. Yeah, he was a very good college player. I I would think personally that if – because they only have Sharif on two-way right now, right? They don't have – Another yeah, one. I mean, yeah, it's um, there's a nice call. Yeah, there's a chance that Skyler ends up on a two way, I would say. Yeah, um, okay. He's the only other option that's uh, on there. I mean, he's the only guy that they have restricted that's not on a regular contract. So it's either going to hmm. be uh, someone with someone we don't know right now or Skyler Mays. Yeah. So I would assume if Martin can play well in some league, then maybe he's the guy because he's more of a vertical, like up down attacking point guard than Skyler is. I would assume. So, like, yeah, that's really the only the only other choice. It's, it's I would say one of those two will get it, unless somebody else just shoots 
shoots the lights out. They don't really need wing shooting. I don't think that's an issue. No, I mean, and honestly, they don't really need guard depth anymore. It's kind of weird when you bring back Lou and you have DeLon Wright and you have Sharif, they don't really have a giant um, guard hole. I mean, especially if Skyler's around, that's kind of uh, interesting through that prism. And I think Jordan Bell can't be on a two-way. He's played too much yeah, in the NBA. Yeah. So he'd be the other guy, obviously, that people would, would ask about, but I don't think he's eligible. So, yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, it could be just none of these guys. And I tend to agree that, like, there's some interesting-ish players. The Hawks, I was surprised they were, like, 60-1 to 1 to win Summer League. Now, I don't really care about that. But actually, I think this roster is better than people think it is in terms of, like, playing basketball in Summer League. But I don't really care about that. <laughs> well, I mean, they've got a lot of guys who have played basketball before. So, yes. I, uh, I tend to agree with all of that. I wish I wanted to ask you about that before we get into Sharif and Jalen, mm-hmm. as, as I told you. But um, in fact, before we do that, let's take a word from our sponsors real quickly. And we'll come back and talk about Jalen Johnson. And with Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone. And honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites. But for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good, and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty, and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar, and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, you're 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. All right, Brian, uh, let's go to Sharif first. Uh, he was the second round pick. I know you like him a lot more than that. I know I like him a lot more than that. Uh, before we dive into him, like how surprised were you that he fell all the way to 48? Because it was pretty, it's pretty shocking to most people. I think once he got in, once he got in the second round, I knew he wasn't going to go that high. I just teams didn't, didn't have any imagination for them. That's really what it is. They just didn't believe in what he. I, I guess teams just didn't believe in that they would be able to be the team that could play him the way he needs to be played. So there's just no point drafting, which I understand, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I guess broadly speaking, I know I've talked about him a lot, but what is your general you know, prognosis on Sharif other than, you know, everyone knows he's a great passer and the size, the defense, the shooting concerns. Like, but what's your general projection on him pre-draft that you can sort of adjust it for what they're going to be doing in Atlanta? <sighs> See, now it's weird because I don't really know what to think of what they're like the – all that those concerns because I don't know what like what they think he is. If they think he's like Monty Morris, then I don't think it's going to work out there. He may be a second contract guy, but if they really think, which I I believe they can, they can just run a lot of the same heliocentric offense when he's on the floor. Depending on you know he's he's on a two way now, so he's probably not going to start season with them. Uh, which uh, I look forward to seeing his twenty five nineteen games he has in busy league. That's going to be fun. Yes, <laughs> but um, it's really I, I really don't know. I, I wonder if they even don't like know exactly what the plan is with him. It's more just like, let's see how he does in summer league. That might, you know, if, if he has to be the guy who does that, then he has to be the guy who does that. Like, I, I, I'm confident he will. I'm confident he'll still succeed pretty much in any situation you could put him in. Yeah, I, I think that for the most part, it might be as simple as they drafted him because he was there. 
I think they just bet on the talent. Yeah. yeah. I think that they were not expecting him to be there. Um, a lot of that is like just what GMs say, but Schwenk did say they had him ranked a lot higher than this. And I think that's just kind of, I, I believe you on that because no one had him that low basically. Um, mm. So and I think the conception of that is all right, we weren't planning on this and now we got to figure out what we're going to do. Him being on a two way is interesting to me, but if you look at the roster now, particularly with Lou on it, you have DeLon Wright and Lou Williams. Yeah. Like it makes sense. Um, to maybe take it slow on Sharif. I, I tried to dip down expectations a little bit early on. Like I like Sharif. I had him as a first rounder for sure. So I'm not, this is not me piling on. I just think that for where the Hawks are, they're trying to win this year, like uh, sort of obviously. And then they're not going to, you know, give him minutes in a developmental sense in the way that they, that they would have two or three years ago, because they're trying to win and they have depth. Yeah. On Trey. So play him in the G league a lot, see what happens. Maybe you'll find a spot mid season where you get an injury or something like that. You can give him some run, but it's more of a long-term project and the talent is off the charts. Like I can't remember where you had him, but did you have him as a lottery pick? Something like seventh. That? Yeah. Seventh overall. I mean, and that, that might seem crazy, but I understand that logic just because of the upside that it actually pops. Oh, because the shooting concerns, I, I, I know, I know for a fact that a lot of teams were just really scared off by that. And I, I get it. Like it's like, he still scored. Like he still scored a lot. He was a very productive scorer in the basically showing up in the middle of an SEC season. And after two or three games, was the, the sole focus of defense. It was still like still scoring. The only time that he really was stopped from being able to score at all was when the Kentucky just attacked Rick and Rolls with Isaiah Jackson and basically shut him down. And he still was like good. That's the thing. Even when he, he had his games where he was like six of 18, I still thought he played well in those games, aside from a little bit of tunnel vision really late. And that just made, that may have just been like, that might just be um, Bruce Pearl, like telling yeah. him, like, you're, you're taking these shots. Like, we're, you know, you're our best player. So I, I'm really not that concerned about anything with any of that stuff with him. No, I mean, I, and I guess the thing is, I think we talked about him when you were on before the before the draft as well. But mm-hmm. there's this parallel, and this is obviously context specific now because of where the Hawks are. Like they're not going to just throw him out there for 30 minutes a night. But it's one of those things where, like, do you think this can work with the shooting as it is, or maybe a little bit better than this? Like, is it really just as simple as he has to shoot to be a quality NBA player, or can it can it work without that? I think I'm going to ask before, but it's interesting. I think it can absolutely work. Yeah. I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, listen, again, like Ish Smith, it's it's the question of how well does it work, which is why I think he fell. Because I think teams, A, a lot like a lot of teams picking in the 20s don't need a lead, like a lead guard, like an actual primary creator. Like they don't need that. So they just weren't interested at all. And that makes perfect sense to me. Um, the Bulls, I was disappointed they didn't take him, but it was obvious that they thought and were correct to think that they were going to be getting free agents so it's like yes they, yes, they, yes they did brian that, that, that's that, that's your team by the way for people listening uh brian's um, bulls guy and uh and they did so like they, they I, I feel a lot better about it now because there's no way he would play on a team that was playing no three 20 million dollar a year guys who are all like and kobe white like <laughs> yeah. who's still who's still there Right. Uh, we'll we'll see if he actually uh, he yeah. his shoulder stuff sounds pretty bad. Right, but I'm just saying like that was a lottery pick like 18 months ago, so it's not yeah. like he's uh, he's gonna fall out of the uh, out of the consciousness either. So it's it's really I don't know. The, I, the more I think about it, it was it's still shocking to me that he fell that far. But if you go team for team, it's not like there was like you know egregious passing. I mean, there's a few teams that I certainly think should have taken him, but I don't. 
it's going to be really interesting because mm-hmm. on one hand, he's the 48th pick in the draft and those guys are not going to be prioritized on teams trying to win. And he's on a two way now, which, you know, I would have probably tried to get him on a mid-level, like one of those like Hickey special deals if I could have as the Hawks, but mm-hmm. also two ways are super team friendly. And that's unfortunate for him. I, I said before the draft, and I'll say it again. I, I'll probably say it again now. Like, if, I, if you're rooting for Sharif Cooper to be the best that he can possibly be, like ceiling wise, I wouldn't have picked Atlanta for him. Yeah. But I, I do think that it could work. It's just he has to some at some point get the opportunity to show it because the G League is one thing. And I think to your point, he's going to be fun there. And I guess I'll ask you about Summer League too. Like, what do you expect to see from Sharif in Summer League? I think he profiles as a really, really fun player in general. But like, what are you looking for from him in that setting? I expect him to, to, depending on how many, we'll see how much practice time they get. Um, I, I kind of expect him to dominate summer league. Uh, maybe not like purely statistically, but I expect he's just going to continue getting into the paint at will. And it's just going to be like impossible with defense against the team that whatever, whatever teams they play. Cause the thing with the sec too, it's like he came in and he wrecked Alabama, he wrecked Arkansas, he wrecked Missouri. And it took, it was five or six games before any team seemed to have any sort of, could like figured out any sort of way to defend him. <laughs> and it wasn't until the second Kentucky game that he got shut down because Kentucky got, they had 10 games to look at, then they played against him and then they got, a, they got a second shot against him. I think that was the only team he played twice. So like summer league teams are not, they're not going to have, even, even like, there are problems with the ZAA coaching. Summer league teams are not going. I'm not going to have that kind of continuity. <laughs> like they're no, just I mean, not going to. Plus, they're not, they don't really. They don't really game plan like that in summer league. It's, it's definitely not. There's a little bit of that, but not not a ton. And I yeah. think people thought that I was like overstating it. And I know you don't think this, but you know, it's really, really, really impossible. At least at the college level on tape to see anybody stay in front of him, like him stay in front of Trey Cooper. Like he, nobody can keep. No, him in front it, of him. he's. It didn't happen. Like he's ridiculous off the dribble and you can pick apart the, the question marks and they might end up being his downfall. But if there's one, basically if there's two things that you know about Shreve Cooper is that he's going to get by you and he's going to throw great passes. Like those are the two things that you kind of know. Yeah. He had 103 free throw attempts in less than no, 397 minutes played. 103 free throw attempts in 12 games. I mean, he's definitely a very, he's very Trey Young, like getting to the line. Like he is not, mm-hmm. they, they do it differently in a lot of ways, but uh, so I think somebody made the joke on, on draft night. Like if you, uh, if you enjoy Trey Young's free throw, free throw drawing, you will enjoy Shreve Cooper's free throw drawing as well. Mm-hmm. He knows what, he knows what he's doing down there. Yeah. I think his last five or six games, he was like a almost 30% three point three, three point shooter. So oh, 29%, which is better than 22%. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a small win, but it wouldn't have been so jarring if he shot 29% of the season instead of 22 or whatever it was. So yeah, I, I think it'd be fun. There's no question. I, I wish I kind of wish, you know, the play, the plan originally was to have a Kongwu play summer league. That would have been mm-hmm. a lot of fun uh, mm-hmm. watching those two guys play together. And I think I referenced this recently, but the entire reason they had John Collins play summer league after his, uh, after his second season was to play with Trey. Yeah. Um, and that would have happened again with a Kongwu. It would have been a lot of fun, uh, but unfortunately he's injured. So yeah, now you're stuck with Eric Moreland. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Bell. He, yeah. And the other thing is Sharif was an 83% foul shooter and that's, with one game, he shot five for 10. Every other game, he shot over 80% from the line. He had 18 of 21 game. He had an eight for 10 game, 10 for 11, 10 for 12, nine for 10, six for seven. So, like, the man can shoot foul shots. He should be able to shoot three pointers in time. It's really just, I, I really think that teams just didn't, they, they saw, like, well, we could just take a backup point guard. Like, what does this guy do? 
he has to have the ball. Is the thing, like, and like, I, I don't. Like, yeah. He's not gonna. It's not gonna happen on the Hawks this season. But I, I, I think by the end of the year, he will be considered a worst case. It uh, definitely a guy that could trade get some value out of. Yeah, I certainly think they're gonna. You get a preview of what College Park will look like in summer league. In some respects, obviously, mm-hmm. it's not quite the structure of, of the G League, but they're gonna. At least they should kind of build the ship around him in summer league and let him do his thing um, yeah. and see what he can do out there. And then, you know, when he's off the court, you go to Mays or Martin or whoever else running the show, but um, Cooper should be featured. Um, I wish you have anything else to add about Sharif other than just uh, intrigue about watching him. We can go on to Jalen because uh, he's not as clear to talk about in a lot of ways, but obviously yeah. he's, the, he's the bigger priority because he's the first round pick. He's more likely to have an obvious role this season also. Yeah, I mean, even then, I think he's uh, because of where they are again, kind of the same thing as Sharif in some ways, and they're kind of loaded. But I do think that he is more likely to play minutes, especially now yeah. with Lou back, um, with Lou and Delon right ahead of Sharif. I think uh, that clearly puts the uh, focus back on Jalen in terms of uh, having the clearer role, and, and of course, mm. just being a top twenty pick and um, all that stuff. I, I mean, I think you like Jalen Johnson more than the consensus, or at least at least as much as the consensus. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a bit. I had him at 10. So in that so, area. So but. so yes, I think that's barely ahead of the consensus. I think it was on most of those consensus boards, he ended up like somewhere in the early teens, I feel like, something like mm-hmm. that. So uh, I mean, I guess broadly speaking, uh, anything intrigue you about the about the fit in Atlanta with Jalen Johnson? And uh, yeah, also, well, I, you, I yeah. Go ahead. well, I said when he was drafted, I, I think he has a skill set that no one else in that front court has, which is he's a, he can actually like Don Collins has become a decent passer and like a decent short roll guy but you're not giving i don't think you're giving john collins the ball and asking him to like he's not going to be a grabbing he's not a grabbing the guy no, that's what he's not that's what jalen is jalen is the grabbing the guy in this class where like that's not mid cade or like you want him you want him to be in, in transition with the ball in his hands finding people running down core like he's huge and he's fast um Half court stuff is really the question for him, but I think if, if he ever plays with Trey, that's not going to be like he's he's just going to cut and he will be devastating because NBA centers cannot, most of them cannot stay with this guy. No, and, and a lot of a lot of the smaller power forward guys are not going to. He's six nine two thirty. He's huge. He's Tosh Gibson size. I, I was going to ask you this because, uh, and, I, and I saved it till now because I, I just remembered. Um, Travis Schlenk referred to him as a combo forward on the post-draft uh, availability, and I want to know what you thought about that, because I know you kind of view him as more of a big. Uh, I mean, that's fine. You, you call him a combo forward because you think he's going to be... That's like... That's what people talked about with, like, Scotty Barnes. That's what people talked about with, like, Kyle Anderson, so that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, are, I, it kind of just made me roll my eyes a little bit, because I, I don't think he's going to play the three. I mean, maybe he maybe they'll try it at some point, but I think as a primary position, he's, he's a four. You certainly want to wouldn't want to try him at the three if Collins and Capella are the other two because that, that that's just no like a, I, maybe maybe with Gallinari if you wanted to go a little bit yeah. weird and play one of those like more switchy lineups although Gallo's not, not a switch guy but Gallo's shooting if you got them if you got him out there like for instance if you played Johnson Collins and Gallinari that might work yeah that might be pretty interesting um, Johnson's a good rotational shot blocker he's not a very good like primary protector which is why he's out of center I do think there is a chance he shoots decently because like he i think his his efficiency numbers on catch and shoot were pretty good but it was it was like 19 attempts 
And I just don't think he's, I don't think he's wired to be a spot up shooter. Like it's, he's a guy who loves pump faking and attacking closeouts and doing stuff. You know, he's a guy who's a point guard in high school. He likes to, to yeah, he's definitely a do stuff guy. He is not, uh, if you watch the tape, and I've been watching a lot. <laughs> I watched a lot of pre-drive too, but obviously even more now that he's on the Hawks, I've watched a ton more of him and he just likes to, uh, that's a good way to describe it. He's, he, he likes to do stuff. He's not a, yeah. uh, he's not a catch and shoot guy. I, I think he, I think he'll shoot eventually. I don't, I don't know how good that's one of the swing skills on some level with him. It's just whether he is willing to do that and also whether he can, but I think he won't be a non-shooter. I don't think. No, no, but I, I think he could hurt you in some playoff lineups. At least I, I don't think he's going to be playing in playoff lineups this year, maybe not even next year, but Dalen is the long-term developmental guy. I think is as interesting as anyone in this class. Would that have been your pick? I mean, I guess that, I, I know yeah. with Sharif, it would have been your pick. Would, would, would you have been your pick at 20? If you yeah, sure. Choice? Yeah, at 20. Absolutely. I had him yeah, at 10 I mean, for the Hawks. I just mean like the way that if the way it felt to them, I, I often don't go to, you know, I'm not the biggest like rah-rah guy, but I, you know, you can't really ask for a better draft in my view than what the Hawks mm-hmm. did without having to trade up, like to stay at 20 and 48 and get Jalen Johnson's Reap Cooper. It's still like kind of surreal a week later to see what they did. Cause I, I can't believe that happened honestly, but it did last thing on Jalen. Is there anything that you're looking for him? Like specifically in summer league? I know you're looking for all kinds of stuff in summer league, but like, what should he be trying to do? What should they be trying to see from him in summer league? I know it's kind of a weird environment, but it's coming up soon. Any kind of half court creation, like see if he can do anything against what are going to be the most scattered disconnected defenses that he's going to be playing against for the next decade, I would imagine. Um, you want to see if he, if he can actually like just put the ball down and get past people and, and create off the roll in the half court. Cause that is his biggest weakness to me. If he's not a slasher, he's a cutter and like a uh, offensive rebound guy. He loves cleaning up and, and getting out, which is great. He's going to feast on that summer league, but he's a transition scorer right now. That's his real, that's really the reason he didn't, jump forward and that's really the reason that duke was better without him even though they weren't a good team is that they were able to he didn't have to have the ball they, they were basically forcing him like he was their best player and their only other player that was even close to that to him jay stewart is a as an is a little awful shooter he's like a, a seth curry type you know but in college so not that that's good um so they really just kind of had to force feed him as the primary like distributor and ball handler and it just never really worked it just was kind of stuck and and the coach k teams are always half court dominant like they don't like running very much which is why tatum kind of looked like just a guy there yeah. bagley looked like a monster because bagley's very good at at just basic pick and roll stuff but that's the easiest thing to take away in the nba and he has no other real answer he has no answer to your skills so he's just not really super impressive um <clears throat> yeah i want to see if galen can be like a scorer you know like put his head like just get some Paul Pierce stuff in there. Any kind of, he's very predetermined. Like that's the thing he and Kaminga have in common. And it's a bad thing for anyone who's being projected to be a wing of any, at any level to have. If you're not a awful shooter is that they both have very, they're both great athletes who are huge, but it's easier to defend a guy like that. When you know, ahead of time, Oh, he's going right. Then left then two dribbles, right. You know, if, if you know that's coming, it's much easier to defend and it's just hard to really do anything with that if you're the play you know if a guy has a if a guy if you're playing in a rec league and a guy is not has a signature move and he's always trying to go to that signature move he's a defendant yeah but that makes sense and i think that 
in some ways, this is a good environment for both Cooper and Johnson. And in some ways also, mm-hmm. also, also might be challenging because in particular for Johnson, the role, like I assume at summer league, he'll be kind of the focus of everything because he's their first round pick and the most talented guy other than Sharif on the court. Um, and in the actual NBA structure, he's not going to be a primary anything um, on this team, at least for a while, just because they have a lot of talent and they're trying to win. So it's like, what are you actually seeing in summer league versus what it's going to look like in an NBA setting? It might be really difficult to ascertain. Um, but I do agree that like keeping an eye on like if he's able to do stuff in the half court, even against, you know, bad summer league defense, that'd be uh, encouraging if he was able to show something. Yeah, that's, that's what you hope for. Um, anything else you're looking for, like even beyond the Hawks in summer league? I know you are someone who watches games all day and night, like I do out there. Uh, uh, I'm sad Pokashevsky's not going to be there allegedly, but I'm definitely going to try and catch Josh Giddy as much as I can. I mean, you got to watch Cade. I don't know. The one thing I am worried about with this summer league is like the the crowds of the California Classic were pretty sparse. But I know summer league. I know if there's a Lakers game, it's the main. It's going to be packed. I'm yeah. really honestly though, I'm not. I don't know how comfortable I am going to Cox or yeah, Cox Pavilion for some of the lower games packed in with people like that. Like I know where it's going to be masked up, but I'm a little nervous. But still, about that. yeah, I, I get it. I mean, the, the Hawks are in their three out of four games are in Cox, which is going to be interesting for me. But yeah, and I, I'm I'm really wondering how many games I may just not watch in there, or if it gets really packed at any point, if I'm just going to like try and avoid big areas. But we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, there's a lot of guys like this is basically two summer leagues in one. So there's gonna be, I think every game is gonna have at least the first few days for me is gonna have somebody to watch. Oh, that's been the, yeah. that's gonna be the that's been the problem. You know, that's that's always the problem. Like, I think there is some we get some entertainment out of the like that playoff and like seeing who's gonna win. But the reason I always go the early days is because like after you get day four, day five, even day six. You're, you're getting some teams like you've seen these guys before, and you're getting some teams that are literally full of them, like guys that I know, but they're not guys who right. are going to make teams. I was, like it's, <laughs> it's just it's just becomes like really kind of dire. It was funny. I was going I was going through going through my notes from actually 2018. I don't even know why I was stumbling on something looking for summer league, and I was like, oh, my notes are here from 2018 summer league, and there was a whole day, and I just have three block. I have three back to back blocks on my notes of like this game has no one playing, and it was like mm-hmm. day eight or something where they're just like there's just nobody there, and there's that moment of like why am I even sitting in here? Like why, why am I watching this game right now? Because there's not anybody that I care about in this game. But if you go early, um, I definitely recommend any any Hawks fan that is uh, going to travel to Vegas at any point, whether this year or next year or whenever, go early if you can go early. Yeah, because uh, that's that's the time to go. By the end of the week. The uh, first game is the Hawks game, isn't it? This year. Yes, the first game overall is Hawks Celtics at uh, one East, one local four Eastern on Sunday. So that will be interesting. Uh, Boston's I summer league team will be something that we can watch, I suppose. Yeah, I don't have anybody I, that I'm terribly excited about, but there you go. I I I have the sneaky suspicion that's not that's not going to be super busy that day. Uh, no, Sunday, especially summer league. Yeah, Sunday one o'clock uh, in Cox will not be. I don't think overflowing with interest, although. You know, I said that about Boston earlier. They do have a bunch of like guys who are on their team. I mean, they had Carson mm-hmm. Edwards and mm-hmm. Peyton mm-hmm. Pritchard and Romeo, and like they have some guys. It's just um, not my speed, probably. Nee Smith is there, I think. Is he playing? Oh, I guess he Maybe. is. I think he might be playing. So yeah, yeah. they have some guys, um, and the Hawks have some guys too. I mean, they only... should be paying more attention to this stuff. It starts in less than seventy-two hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, what, game previews for uh, for summer league games. It's like I care about the Hawks stuff, and then when I get there, I'll start figuring out who else is playing for everybody else. Now Madar is playing. That's fine. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I think that 
yes, it would it would have been more fun for the Hawks if Reddish and Okongwu were there, as we thought might happen at one point. But now they still have they're still the, the rookies are extremely fun. And then Scott and then Scholar Mays is like a guy to actually watch because he might be on the team next year. So that's three guys. That's 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 more than enough, I would say, for a local team. Um, well, Brian, I won't, I won't keep you any longer, my man. I appreciate you doing this. I'm sure we will run, run, run into each other uh, in a few days in the desert where it's quite hot and we'll talk through masks. Oh, man, it's, it's going <laughs> to suck this year because it, it was really, really hot in July here. But it's been like 82 every day the last week and a half. And I'm like, oh, man, like. <laughs> I turned I mean, turn my air conditioning off the other night because it was like 65 degrees out. I was like, this is great. And now I know I was looking at the weather for the thing. And it was the first day. It's going to be like 113. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, I was in Vegas uh, in early <laughs> July. And it was, uh, as you as you know well, it's uh, insufferably hot out there. But yeah, I, I mean, we can. the nights are fine. Oh, yeah. Once something is over. You- I love the like 11, like the 11 p.m. Uh, walk around in Vegas when it's like 85, but it's dry heat it's and dark. It feels great. Um, yeah, it's great. Anyway. All right, it's just getting there is going to be not great. <laughs> yeah, okay. the, tra- the travel is never, never, never the fun part. I- I'm leaving on Friday, so I'll be next time I record. Next time I, re- I record the podcast, I'll be in Las Vegas. So, uh, That's anyway, fun. Brian, please plug your stuff. You are uh, always gracious enough to join me on the podcast, and I want people to find your work wherever they can find it. Uh, I plug it all the time. I'm on Patreon at uh, Brian J NBA. I'm not doing a whole lot right now. I may write some summer league stuff depending on what my other writing schedule is like. But I will, it's uh, probably before, I might do it before, definitely before the next heat. I'm going to have like a big NCA preview, but I'm going to put up my uh, my new watch list thing that I use. I do that for Patreon, for patrons. Uh, that'll be up at some point in the next few weeks. may even do it before I leave just as like a little treat. And that's like everybody, that's like the closest thing. I don't have like an active big board, but I'll have like tiers by bigs, wings, and guards. People liked it last year. I actually had never put it up before. It's something I had kept private for years, but I figure people are going to pay me money. I should get something. I like um, that a lot. As someone who, who is a patron, I liked that a lot. It helped me to sort of uh, file stuff away. And, and I updated a lot. I updated guys, it. So that was helpful. Yeah, I update it with wingspans when I get them. I update it with date, days, date of birth. I update every couple of weeks. I go through and change my mind about people. Like That's the closest thing to a big board I'll have until probably April or so. I don't really like doing the early. I, I've been doing, I try to do it early the last couple of years and I end up, it's so tedious to like copy and paste guys on these big, huge documents. I just stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's a lot of work. Uh, I uh, have not kept a big board publicly for a while now and I don't, I don't regret it, but I think, yeah, uh, it's, it, you know, it is what it is. What it is. And when you have a, if you have a public big board and like two days later, some guy scores like 35 points, you'll get a bunch of like, why are you going to move him up? And it's like, it's not like a living document that I'm not looking at it all the time the uh the, the google the google docs the sheet stock is what i'm actually looking at all the time so that's that's where that'll go that is more, that, that's yeah. more important and by the end you'll uh you'll have your list and you'll have your takes and we'll all be okay the draft cycle can be what it is it can be free-flowing and uh i'm with you on this one well thank you brian i appreciate it man uh, as for everybody else we will talk soon i'm sure from las vegas subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you next time